0: This episode of Pickleball Problems is brought to you by Pickleball Coaching International. If you're a Pickleball instructor or want to get started, PCI has what you need. From coaching videos, to audio, to articles and more, Pickleball Coaching International has you covered. Did you know our instructor certification program is all done online? It's true. So that means no missing work or school, No costly or inconvenient travel. You don't have to wait for someone to come to your town to do your instructor certification program. Check out PCIPickleball.com for more. That's PCIPickleball.com. Pickleball Coaching International. We make good coaches even better. One of the things that separates levels of player is their ability to finish the point when they have the chance. Look, it's great to work hard during a rally, try to steal a point here and there. But the most satisfying moment is the payoff when you finish the point with a put away. And so today on Pickleball Problems, we are going to talk about five things that you can do if you want to finish more pickleball points. Welcome to pickleball problems. I'm your host, Mark Rennes, and today we are talking about five things you can do to finish more pickleball points. And finish by finish more pickleball points, I mean do it in the good way, where you come out on top, where you win the rally, win that point, whatever it might be. Five things you can do. Let's get to it. Number one: aim for the sitting duck. Look, when you are looking to close out a point, it is important that you know which of your opponents is more vulnerable. Let's imagine, for example, you're driving your third shot, right? Your team is serving, you're driving your third shot. Maybe you're on the right-hand side of the court, you're a righty, the ball comes out sort of toward your sideline. And so you're just inside the baseline when you hit this ball. Both of your opponents, of course, they are at the net, right? They've returned serve, they're both at the net getting ready for you to hit that ball to them. Well, the person who is cross-court from you, the diagonal person, they're going to be farther away than the -the down-the-line opponent, paging Pythagoras here. Right? so all things being equal the cross court is going to be farther away than the down the line and so that means when you're getting ready to decide or to drive your ball like which direction you're going to hit it all things being equal you should hit down the line remember the whole point of hitting a drive is to take away your opponent's reaction time right you're hitting fast so they have less time to react so why would you go cross court giving them more time to react I mean, you might go cross court if the cross court person is the one you're really picking on, but that's what I mean by all things being equal. If you don't really care which of your two opponents you hit the ball toward, you should hit to the person who's closer. And in this case, the third shot drive scenario, it's going to be that down the line person. That's where you should hit it. Now, the sitting duck principle applies to volleys as well. It's not just when you're hitting third shot drives. Let's imagine this. All four players, they're up at the net in a dinking rally, and the opponent who's straight ahead of you decides they're going to throw up a high lob. Over your head. And so they put up that lob, and as you go back quickly to take that ball out of the air as a smash, well, if both your opponents hold their position at the line, just like a second ago, that down the line person is going to be the sitting duck, right? They're going to be closer than the cross court person. But let's imagine they don't hold their position at the line. Let's imagine when that person straight ahead of you puts up that lob, they realize you're likely to smash it. And so they retreat a bit, they move back to three quarter court, what we often call the transition zone. So now the cross-court person's right at the line. The the down-the-line person is back at three-quarter court. Well, now the cross-court person is the sitting duck. They're the one that's most vulnerable to your smash because they are now closer. So again, all things being equal, when you're trying to finish a point with speed, you should aim at the person who is closer to you because they are going to have less time to prepare for the ball. So enough of this. If you got them back, keep them back stuff. If you're trying to finish the point with speed, aim for the sitting duck. The second thing you can do if you want to finish more points is to expect the comeback. How many times have you hit what you thought was a great shot, a surefire winner, only to have that ball miraculously come back over the net one more time? And look, as you advance as a player, your opponents will become better and better at defending. They will find ways to get the ball back in the court. And so if you want to be a great finisher, it's important that you are never surprised when the ball comes back. It's important that you expect your opponents to defend to defend well, to find a way to get that ball back over the net. It should not surprise you. So it's important that you work on staying focused all the way until you see that you've actually won the rally, either because your opponents hit the net or the ball bounces twice or whatever it might be. Good players expect the ball to come back from their opponents. They are not surprised. And so sometimes you got to do this like one-two combination, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the main thing here is sort of like an attitudinal adjustment, is that every time you hit that ball, even if you think it's a put away, you should expect the ball to come back. Hey there, it's Mark. Pickleball Problems is brought to you by Selkirk TV. Selkirk TV gives you a front row seat to live pickleball matches, past championships, on-demand skills training, including my pretty great show called Pickleball Today, as well as behind the scenes insights and so much more. Available in the App Store and on Google Play, Selkirk TV is the perfect app for any pickleball fan. Download the app today for free Get started watching Pickleball's very best online content. Selkirk TV. Today on Pickleball Problems, we are talking about different things you can do to finish more points. We've already talked about the importance of aiming for the sitting duck and expecting the ball to come back. A third thing you can do if you want to finish more points is to develop a good ability to disguise the kind of shot you're going to hit. So, look, while it's great to have pinpoint accuracy or a cannon for an overhead smash, many points are won and lost because of great disguise now this might be an offensive lob that looked like it was going to be a dink or maybe a surprise misdirect that you send that handcuffs the vollier. could be a quick speed up a flick at the opponent's body whatever there's lots of examples of when you might hit a shot that disguise becomes a factor so let's talk for a second about some things you can do in order to have better disguise on these shots the first is that you better have the same setup So let's take two sort of examples. Let's say a dink versus an offensive lob. That was the example I gave a second ago. Okay, dink versus offensive lob. If I'm taking a picture of you, or better, if I'm taking a video of you and I freeze it just before you make contact with the ball, and I have these two pictures side by side, you hitting a dink or you hitting a lob, what I should see, if you're good at disguising that is, is those two pictures should look identical. How you set up your body should be the same between the dink and the offensive lob. How you prepare your paddle, the grip you use, everything about these two setups, how you're preparing. It should be impossible for me to distinguish which one of these two photos is you getting ready to hit a lob, you getting ready to hit a dink. This is also true in other situations. Let's say It's a dink or a flick, right? You're going to speed it up right at their chest. Again, we shouldn't see a difference in how you prepare your body or how you prepare your paddle, right? If you're trying to play a misdirect, if you're trying to volley down the line instead of cross court, again, we don't want to see these giveaways happen before, okay? So that's going to be important that you have the same setup each time. Another important element for developing disguise is um, being able to look one direction, but hit another, So strong players are going to look for different cues to figure out where you're going to hit the ball. And one of those cues sometimes can be where you're looking, right? Sometimes we have the tendency just to look up at the last second toward our target. And so the really strong players, they're able to sometimes even fake you out. They look one way and hit the other. So at a minimum, what you should do is try to use your peripheral vision to line up your target instead of staring it down, right? But if you want to take that next step, you can try to intentionally confuse your opponent. Look at one player and hit toward the other one, for example, Either way, developing disguise is going to be a really important aspect of finishing more points. It's also important that we think in combinations. And this kind of ties into before like expecting the comeback. So if you ever notice when you watch really strong players, it almost seems like they know where the ball is going to go even before the opponent hits it. And that's largely because they understand that there are certain patterns of play where hitting one shot tends to lead to a specific response from the other team. So for example, if you flick the ball at your opponent's backhand, that might lead to a counterattack if the person's sitting on that backhand. Thinking here of like Anna Lee Waters or Lucy Kovalova, so good at sitting on that backhand. It's like they're expecting the attack to come and they are ready to counter it. But if you know that flicking the ball at their backhand is likely to lead to an acceleration from them, right? A counterattack from them, then you can be ready for that. You can counter the counter. Another example of a combination might be um, when you play a good drive, let's say a third shot drive, especially from inside the court, there's a decent chance that that leads to a pop-up. Especially if the driver's sort of back around the baseline and their partner's already started to move forward, they're likely to go back to the driver to avoid that scary person at the net. And so this would be a great time to use what we sometimes know as a shake and bake or like a drive-poach combination. Again, it's because we're expecting certain patterns of play to unfold here right? That good drive followed by perhaps a high volley back toward the driver. So kind of like boxers, strong pickleball players must think about the combinations of shots that they can use that will challenge their opponents. They've got to understand where the ball is most likely to be returned if the opponent gets it back, and they must be prepared for that next shot, not be surprised that it comes over. And if you can start to think this way, you're going to make your opponents feel like you've got a really great one-two punch. Look, I know you're enjoying our audio content here at Third Shot Sports, but did you know we make tons of videos as well? Check us out on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We're at Third Shot Sports. High quality videos in bite-sized pieces. Today on Pickleball Problems, we've been talking about five skills you need to finish more pickleball points. We talked about how you should aim for the sitting duck, the vulnerable person up near the net, or away from the net, I guess it could be. We've talked about expecting the ball to come back. Never be surprised when your opponents defend and get the ball back in play. We've talked about the importance of developing disguise, so your opponents aren't certain what kind of ball you're going to hit next. We talked about thinking in combinations right? Understanding that there are certain patterns of play that you can use to your advantage. And the final one, this is perhaps the easiest one for players to implement right away. You need to get the ball dirty. Get that ball dirty. Look, we often glorify people who can hit really hard or people who've got great precision or can put lots of spin on the ball. And these things are all important and useful pickleball skills. But the truth is the toughest balls to hit The toughest balls to return well are balls that are landing at or near your feet. I like to call this putting the ball in the dirt. Works really well with kids as well. Get the ball in the dirt. So even if you hit it hard, if you hit a ball that ends up around your opponent's midsection, they get a decent chance of getting the ball back. After all, that's often where they're their paddle is. Human beings tend to have their hands up around their chest, right? Up around uh, even their belly button. I even once saw a woman, there was a guy, this was in Chicago, gets ready for this great big overhead smash really close to the net. The woman just stood there frozen, closed her eyes. Guy hits the smash. It goes right at her midsection where her paddle was. With her eyes closed, the ball hits the paddle, goes back over the net for a winner. Okay. It is really important when you get these high balls that you get the ball down, that you get that ball in the dirt. It's not so much about hitting it hard, it's about hitting it down. It's gonna be very difficult for your opponents to get their paddle down uh, to the ground quickly enough, and even if they do get that ball back, that's likely to be another high ball that you can then pounce on. So when you get that high ball, don't think so much about hitting hard, think about getting it in the dirt. All right. This music tells us that we are near the end of the show. What did you think? Did I miss anything? Five skills to finish more points. Let's see. We talked about aiming for the sitting duck and expecting the comeback, developing the sky, sinking in combinations, getting the ball dirty. What did I miss? I would love to know about it. Why not send me a voice memo? Tell me what I got wrong. What did I leave off the list? You can open the voice memo app on your phone, record the voice memo, send it to mark at thirdshotsports.com. I'd love to hear what you have to think about this. Maybe we'll even play it on the show. And if you have a pickleball problem, you'd like me to answer, send that as a voice memo too. Let me know. What are you struggling with out there? Open a voice memo, take it, record it, send it to me, markathirtshatsports.com. In the meantime, I'm glad you listened to us today. Thanks to our good friends at Selkirk Sport for making this possible. Check out Pickleball Coaching International if you're a pickleball instructor or thinking about going that route. There's been a lot of love for PCI lately, uh, both our level one and level two programs. So check it out, pcipickleball.com. And until next time, I'm Mark Renison. Thanks for listening.